Thanks, sponsors. This is Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. I've got great sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, CompC.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, as well as Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck. As I've already done one episode on this, but I just thought I would break out some other comments that I had. Again, I, when I'm on these other shows, that's which I highly recommend. It's, it's Sports Card Nation, an excellent podcast. It comes out every week, and he's got other uh, podcast venues, but the one I was on. And I just excerpted mostly things that I said that had to do with the questions that John, uh, he's an excellent interviewer. That's the uh, huge part of his show. And so when I'm on there and he's asking these questions, I'm coming up with answers that are it's it's almost I think I, I wish I would have said that. And I think, wait a minute, I am saying that. And rather than uh, rehash it or polish it up to give it to you, uh, the listeners of this podcast, it just seems simpler just to grab a few minutes of that, uh, which is mostly my uh, comments in, in a little bit of context and then expound on it a little bit. So it's not technically an outtake maybe an intake, but it's still, uh, I hope it has value for some of you because the uh, John and his questioning, as well as uh, Drew and Brody, were, it, it was it was an excellent discussion. The, the two topics that came up that, that John put out were, one was about content creation and the other was about uh, predictions for 2021. And uh, again, reflecting on what, again, which will follow in this episode of mine, but some of the comments I made I'm not cha- I'm not retracting anything, but I realized when I was paying John a compliment, a well-deserved compliment about how he's really promoted the hobby rather than promoting promoting himself, which is something that he's done. And I was acting like there, there probably are people out there that that do the opposite, that do promote themselves. But I realized I'm probably a little harsh there. I don't think it's quite the dichotomy. It's not as simple as that because actually, if it were, then I would be guilty. I've got my name on a whole bunch of stuff in the hobby. Was I promoting myself or was I promoting the hobby? From my perspective, I was promoting the hobby, but it certainly benefited. So it's not as uh, black and white. It's not as open and shut about that. You can promote the hobby and promote yourself. In fact, if you don't have a following, to use the parlance of social media, if you don't have a following, it's pretty hard to promote anything if people are not following you. Some other things that came up in that episode that were just uh, really fun for me. Again, thanks, John, for inviting me. But the best line in the show, which you will hear, is when John Newman claimed that after I gave him that compliment, he was almost speechless. Again, the operative word is almost. I don't expect to ever find John Newman speechless. But to be almost speechless, that's probably about as close as it gets because he's definitely able to uh, generate a lot of a lot of content on a consistent basis. But again, if you're promoting yourself as a promoting, as opposed to promoting a hobby, sometimes that's just an, a, a matter of personality. Some people are just promoter type personalities, as I've said, entrepreneurial, or they're extroverts more than introverts. That's uh, the other name that came up was Jeremy Lee. I didn't incorporate this aspect, but I realized when I'm on with the John Newman for uh, well over an hour, for an hour and a half, and, and I think he kept going, I realized I had told Jeremy that I didn't like to do extended engagements. Jeremy, I owe you. Brody, I owe you. Uh, I want to be delighted to be on those shows either again or for the first time and and have them on mine. Jeremy was a good example of somebody who was uh, promoting his own collection and quickly evolved into promoting the hobby and really excellent interviewer. The other thing that came up that was interesting that that I had fun with is is with Brody and he, we need we need the diversity of opinion and perspective 
that a 12 and a half year old can provide. And so he, when he was postulating that uh, maybe at some point in the future, there'll be time travel that got, a, I, I got a kick out of that. So I don't know that that's ever going to happen as a physical impossibility, but it's, it, it's fun to consider what might happen when you're 12, 12 and a half, you're thinking there's a lot of life in front of you with me. I'm thinking not in my lifetime. Well, Brody's probably thinking in my lifetime, this actually may happen. And on the 2021 predictions that, that I responded to as well, I think there's just no way I could not say I think 2021 is going to be a great year, regardless of the political climate or the health climate. The hobby has proven to be so resilient and so many people are coming on and there's so many different uh, ways, disruptive ways even, but but creative ways that people can enjoy their hobby, including listening to podcasts. So again, thanks for listening to this. If you stay on, there'll be another few minutes of, of excerpting kind of outtakes from John Newman Sports Card Nation that uh, mainly featured me. Again, listen to the whole thing because I was just one of one of four people on the show, but I, I gathered up what I said. And instead of, as I said, restating it, I'm just going to record it or, or add it to this. So thanks. I've always been about content creation from yeah. the very beginning. Yeah. And basically there's, I when I got started, which was more than a year ago now, again, you guys were inspiration, both of y'all podcasters, Drew and John, but I chose audio and instead of YouTube and uh, YouTube, it's a lot easier to be flashier and to be more sensational. Whereas if you're audio, you're telling a story, you're giving information. Like Drew said, you're you need to be entertaining and informing and you need to be accurate. Yes. Uh, on YouTube, you don't necessarily have to even be a content creator. You're a content responder or a mm -hmm. content sensationalizer. And so you can develop a following by being controversial where it's, if you're an audio podcaster, you've really got to have solid information or people, they're, they're, they're just going to tune you out. Compliment for you. You, All right. I like those. you, you are the, the, the podcasts that I like are the ones that are promoting the hobby, not themselves. And you yeah. really do that. And I just want to say thank you for doing that because you mm -hmm. tackle some topics that are, that are awkward. You tackle them well. You have guests sometimes and not, and you've done some original stuff, but, all through it all, you're promoting the hobby, not yourself. And I appreciate that. Yeah, coming from you, I, I, I'm almost speechless. That doesn't happen too often with me anymore. But I, thank you so much, Dr. Beck. And, and it, honestly, it, it's because I, I care about, I have a passion for the hobby. And me and you uh, did a show with Mortality. I did a show about it. You did a show about it. We don't like to always think about that, but someday we're not going to be here. Yeah. Uh, anymore. Hopefully that's later rather than sooner. And so I want, I want to leave, you know, I know it's the old corny cliche line. I want to leave the hobby in a better place than potentially what, what I came in. And now that naturally happens with advancement of technology and production and all social media now that we have. But I also, we hear a lot about the negative stuff and I'll talk about that stuff too. I think you have to, but I also want, I want someone who may be listening to that show and you never know when that's going to be for the first time to not listen to that show and say, man, this hobby sounds terrible. Man, is, is this show promoting the hobby or is right. it like telling me go away? So I'm very careful. Like, I don't also want to ignore some of the negative stuff because it's important and you can inform and maybe enlighten someone to, to what is going on and not to maybe get caught into something after the fact. And the fact is, it's not hard to do because very simply put, there is a lot more positive going on in the hobby than the negative stuff. Yes. So it's, it's not, I'm not going to pat myself on the back there. It's just a matter of fact of, I, I guess it's anti-news. If you put on the, the news, 
they want to do all the rating stories and this bad and mm-hmm. the president this and this is bit I, I don't want to do that when it comes mm-hmm. to to the hobby you could and we know some folks that do that yeah yeah um, and that's just not going to be my style yeah. that content's out there if someone wants to grasp onto it but I'm not going I, to me. If you love the hobby, you want to talk about uh, a lot of the positive stuff. Yeah. I, my compliment, John, I wasn't contrasting you with people that are negative about the hobby. No, I know. And, and Drew falls in that same uh, positive boat for the most part as well of, of promoting the hobby. I was contrasting you with people out there that are, they call themselves content creators, but they're promoting themselves. Over right, the hobby. Right. And that's, if there's some value there, you just got to be careful. I think there's a yes. distinction there. People yeah. that are promoting themselves. And uh, we don't, and again, just to pick on Jeremy again, Jeremy started out <laughs> selling his own cards, but he quickly evolved into this pretty amazing interview mm-hmm. show that's very live, extremely interactive, and he's very gifted in that. So he's no longer promoting, uh, trying to sell his dupes and things like that. He's really promoting the hobby as well. And those are the ones I want to listen to. What happens when time travel is invented and somebody goes back to the 1950s and say, and a kid's about to run a Mickey Mantle rookie card over on his bike and he goes and steals the card and comes back in the future and it creates PSA 10. Oh, to have a kid, to have a kid. Uh, man, Birdie, I, I just, I wish I still had that imagination. I love it. I love that's it. A good, that's I love a good it, question. What would yeah. be the most popular hobby years in the DeLorean and with Dr. Brown? There you right? go. Yeah. 1952 is probably, yeah, uh, probably. Uh, 2011, right? My yeah. rookie year. And, yeah. Uh, 2009 for his Bowman Chrome. It's a 1996 uh, really, with Pokemon right now, apparently. Yeah. So again, it, it's depending who you're talking to. There's people believe that that technology exists. Yeah. Although I'm not the, uh, an influx. I, you know, I, I, tre- I go on the treadmill every day and I, I'll, I'll watch a movie or do something. So I'm, I'm just, you know, marching along there in my weight vest and getting a good workout. And I was, and actually this morning I'm doing Avengers Endgame. And uh, if you watch that movie, you remember that it does involve time travel and pretty yes. convoluted. And at one point, Paul Rudd, the Ant-Man, talks about, don't you guys know the rules of, of time travel? And he starts listing out all the movies of what you can't do. And the main thing he says, you can't bet on sporting events that you the outcome yeah. of yeah. or pick up baseball cards that you know are going to be extremely valuable. So, Brody, there's some rules of time travel. <laughs> yes, there are. But I don't think it's going to happen because I think it's a, a physical impossibility. <laughs> Again, the people that are promoting their own stuff and themselves yeah. are saying, buy what I have. Yeah. And I think yeah. the other approach, the opposite approach is, I want to buy what you don't have. Yeah. <laughs> I want to yeah. p- buy something that hasn't exactly. gone up in price uh, 110%. I right. want to buy something that's still the same price it was. Again, if you have some knowledge that it has potential to go up, but it hasn't yeah. yet. So just Definitely. different philosophies. Yeah. Time travel would be a shortcut. I, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> draft classes and how Mm -hmm. there's a silver lining either way. If we get a a poor draft class, that's only in the eye of the beholder at the time. If you look back and you get in your time machine, like Brody's suggesting, maybe (laughs) some of the, some of Giannis was in Kauai were not uh, so highly touted when they came out. And so now that product, those products are are through the roof. And so when you have (laughs) a decent draft class, or a, a lack of super superstars, the, the iconic perceived guys, because you don't know, that's right. not necessarily bad. It might moderate the prices because yes. the prices have yeah. just kept going up. And uh, even Panini doesn't want the prices to go up so much that they're pricing people out. They, they want to optimize their pricing. Anyway, my yeah, other prediction right. for 2021 is that 
we're going to either we're either going to see the demise of the fractional ownership model or we're going to see yes. an explosion in it because at the, yes. at the national in Chicago if all those things are cruising and a lot of money's coming in to this fractional ownership concept there are no barriers to entry for the people there'll be all kinds of new entrants and now you've got then you'd have deep pocketed syndicates mm-hmm. you know kind of quasi public companies that are bidding on these glamour cards. And that will, you know, again, as a price guide guy, that further distorts the supply and demand because you've got this extra demand because it's almost there's a hobby of the 1% and the hobby of the 99%. When you get above a million dollars a card and it's it's intrinsic value, it's just a piece of cardboard, maybe it's got a swatch, maybe it's got an autograph, but the guy is not dead. And, he, and right. even Kobe, there's there's a limit to what people are going to pay, and so yeah. that fractional concept, when you get above a hundred thousand bucks for a card, is he mm-hmm. going to fully blossom and get a huge number of people coming into that to get in on some of that, or it's going to flop because yeah. these cards are being bought at at very high prices. John, John, there's a, an analogy here for again for 2021, and we'll see what happens. But, it, but the analogy is to the stock market, the public companies are just. NASDAQ, let's just say. So in the stock market, if you jump in and buy some stocks and they go up like crazy, like card mm-hmm. stock has gone up, then you think, hey, this is great. And then you invest some more money or you buy, sell, trade, whatever. You think, hey, stock market's great. If you get in the stock market and you say, I bought some stocks and they went down, so I'm getting out of the stock market. That's not for me. Maybe they just pick some bad stocks. Again, the analogy in yeah, card yeah. collecting is right. you pick some players that got injured or you mm-hmm. were overextended into one product or one one theme of your collecting. It's, but where it breaks down is that the stock market is you can buy whatever you want to buy. Okay. Mm-hmm. The difference is, and this is the, the interesting part, is you can't buy whatever you want in the stock market with IPOs, initial public offerings. Yeah. You can't always get those. Then you have to go to the secondary market after they've originally worked their way out. And then you can get whatever you want, but you got to pay the, the next price, the secondary price. That's yep. what's happening in our hobby. You're not yep. able to get the initial offering to get it from the distributor, from the company, and then you're at the mercy of that further markup. But there yep. are always alternatives. Yep. And that markup, yep. it, it may go up, it may go down, but you don't get – not everybody gets the shot at the IPOs.